Okay. All right. Where's Huey going? Oh, where's Huey going? Where, He's not going anywhere. Um, that's a challenging question. Um, I'd like to sell part of the business at some point. Okay. Um, I don't want to sell all of it. I and and I have, I mean, we do have investors in this company, and I'd like mm -hmm. to afford them an opportunity to take their uh, their marbles off the table at some point. So more than likely, although as I said, COVID was a kick in the ass, so I'm going to have to wait for a while to build that up. Uh, I'm not interested in, I, you know, I say now I'm not interested in selling to like a private equity. Uh, right group because They're they don't give a damn about up. anything yep and then uh, you buy back so from them. you know in a perfect world i'd like to get some local person or whatever to come and invest in the thing you know and i want to make sure that my people are are well taken care of yeah so i'm not interested in getting out completely as i said i need to create an opportunity to afford some of the people whose money's been tied up here for a long time the opportunity to to take some out and i wouldn't mind taking a few dollars off the table yeah. so that's more than likely what's going to happen in the interim i'm just focused on you know trying to get into whatever the new normal is and get us keep us on the right side of the of the ledger on all that and then i've got a pretty good team of people who've been here for a long time i may go into a partial retirement mode in another year or so and then basically let them run everything, and then I sort of would represent the interests of the ownership group. So I, I don't know. That's more than likely the way this is going to play out. The ABs and the Molson Coors, et cetera, of the world, they're no longer <coughs> buying into the craft beer industry, right? Um, which is good. And, you know, part of the, the other thing that we, i.e. heavy seas, needs to sort of come to terms with is so – you know, 15 years ago, you could successfully open 20, 25 states. You can't yeah. do that anymore. So we need to make sure that we're completely comfortable in, and we basically are. Yeah. All right. So what we are going to be is a good, solid regional brewery with a four or five, six state maybe reach that we can remain relevant in. And that's okay. And yeah. just get comfortable with that. Yeah, I feel uh, the same way. And, and then try to get a little deeper in the market than you currently are. You know, it's all hard work. It's all scratching and clawing. So the country is at close to 10,000 breweries. That's not a sustainable number. There's going to be shrinkage, I believe, in the number of players that there are. I don't know what that's going to ultimately look like. Yeah. You know, I need to make sure that we're one of the ones that's on the far side of that Darwinian correction. Oh, you deserve uh, it. Right. And then, again, you know, if we just land up in this sweet spot and you just kind of wash, rinse, repeat, you've still got to stay creative and on the edge a little bit. Yeah. But I'm okay with that. I mean. Will you, you think you'll stay independent as opposed to being bought up by another brewery? That would be my preferred approach. But, you know, you have to also understand that because I have investors, I have a fiduciary responsibility to them. Mm -hmm. So. Am I desirous of having, you know, a large brewery come in and drop us a big-ass check? Whether that is what I want to do or not is almost immaterial. If somebody were to, to offer us a big-ass check, I, I have to look at that because yeah. I owe them to take care of what's in their best interest. People tend to lose sight of that. It's not just about what my wishes are. Right. Once you've taken money from other people, I believe that you have a fiduciary responsibility yeah. to look out for their best interests. Yeah. So I don't see that happening, frankly. I think the, the greater likelihood is that 
we'll find hopefully somebody local who thinks this is kind of cool to be part of an iconic local business who wants to sort of buy into part of it and then hopefully contribute. Yeah. Very cool. Good answer. All right. Well, who are your heroes? What books did you like to read? Because those are questions on here that I really want to know. Okay. (laughs) You go ahead. Okay, I think it was books or movies, right? Yeah, books or movies. Well, I'm not. I unfortunately, I wish I had more time to read more than I do, but I am more of a movie TV junkie person. But I like, I like like the Real Housewives, like yeah, the Uh, reality. Have you watched Love Is Blind? (laughs) Actually, I can't get into Love Is Blind. I think it's a little cringy. But on the flip side, Uh, it's it's the good cringy. Aside from the trash TV, which I admittedly watch, I, I do really like documentaries. Okay. And I think the one documentary. Well, you're I, like on two sides of the spectrum: know, Real Housewives and documentary. Are you going to like, say Tiger King? <laughs> no. Although I did watch Tiger. Tiger. Is it, wait, is Tiger it a documentary Brew? or no. a real? You haven't seen Tiger King, dude? Yeah, no, it, I, it, I have seen it. I'm asking you: Is it a documentary? Oh yeah. Or dude. is it a? I watched it because show? it was a documentary. I love yeah, watching yeah. documentaries. And then it, well, I have a, a story really about it. I'll tell you later. He doesn't even know what we're talking about. I can tell. Oh no, I I know what it is. I saw a few. Moments of it. It was not my cup of tea. <laughs> but there's a really good Netflix series documentary called The Playbook. There's like six episodes, and each episode it interviews and focuses on a coach. So, like, Doc Rivers is one of the coaches. Mm-hmm. Jill Ellis, she was the coach of the United States women's soccer team that won all, you know, the Olympics and everything. So, yeah, it's really cool. And there's like four others. I think the coach who was Serena Williams' coach is one of them. But it's cool. So they, you know, they interview these coaches and they hear about like, you know, tell us about like why you were successful and like leading your teams and everything like that. But, you know, a lot of the lessons that they talk about are the principles that are important in their personal lives too. So, yeah, that was probably my favorite documentary that I've seen recently. I think it's The Playbook. I wrote it down. Okay. The Playbook of Coach's Rules for Life. Heroes? I mean, it's cliche. He's definitely one of them. That's, um, that's fair isn't game. That that's nice good. Yeah. That's good. We're very close, mm-hmm. which I'm happy about. And it's an honor and a privilege to work here. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> did you throw her the keys on the first day? I did and not. Uh, <laughs> okay. No. I started here, yeah, back in 2012, and I just graduated college. I was 21. Mm-hmm or just had turned 22, and I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. So Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm saying yeah, but I don't know what the hell I want to do. Complete and total lunacy. <laughs> he should hey, the, done that. Yeah. That was a gutsy-ass move. How long Genius was and he insane. for? The line is thin. Um, to my, see how much of your success here he, as a he, family he has he saw seen. we were not at our apex, but we were definitely moving in the right direction. So he had a good idea that it was working out. Cool. So... Yeah, Albert died, what, about 12 years ago now? It's 2009, I believe. Okay, 14 years ago now. Yeah. Right. He had a stroke and then lived for another eight or so years. It was a slow fade. Yeah, it was a slow fade. And he, unfortunately, from his stroke, most of the left side of his body was pretty paralyzed, but his mental... Yeah, the stuff between the years was great. Totally. He could still tell a joke. Yeah, he was great. So... You got that from him, I assume. I did. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I got my sense of humor and my ability to tell dad jokes from my father. <laughs> yeah. So. A good dad joke is awesome. Yeah. So So you said dad. Was there any other ones? Oh, I'm sure. But I think... That's your main one? 
I was an athlete. I still strength train. So, I mean, I follow a lot of, like, athletes. And I think just I listen, like, I'll go on walks in the morning and I'll listen to, like, YouTube motivational speeches. And it's just different. It Videos spliced together of different athletes, like, oh, yeah. telling life lessons of perseverance and stuff like that. I don't know. That kind of stuff really inspires me and gets me all jazzed up. But, Good. yeah, I, I think... If I was to pick one person, just who I look up to, it is probably you. Wow. I hope you feel warm and fuzzy inside from that. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a tissue. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah, oh, I mean, that's yeah so we're good. very close. He, we, we work together, which is great. So not only is it he had a significant impact in my life on a personal level, but also from a professional standpoint, too. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, just as I was able to have a business relationship with my father, you're able to do the same thing. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's a real privilege for me. So it was fun, you know. And he had a lot of confidence in me, which was unwarranted. <laughs> <laughs> I love the story of him just throwing your keys. That's amazing. Yeah, it really kind of was. It was a true OF moment. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. Oh, you want me to answer the same question? If you wouldn't mind. Uh, first off, I'm a voracious reader. Right Do you now, read a lot of nonfiction or fiction? I mean, mostly fiction. Okay. Uh, I mean, I read two newspapers every morning, so that's nonfiction. Well, most of the time. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I, re- I read the Baltimore Sun and the Wall Street Journal every morning. Okay. Uh, and then I've always got a book going. I mean, for the last couple of weeks, I've been reading these David Baldacci sort of crime novels. I'm a big J.R.R. Tolkien sci-fi fantasy oh, yeah. thing, yeah. Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings kind of thing. You know, I, yeah. I love those stuff. I, I think what appeals to me there is just the scale of their imaginations. So that's what kind of sucks me in. So that's the kind of literature that I read and pay attention to. Um, heroes. Uh, well, my dad was sort of one of my heroes. Another hero in the professional arena has to be uh, Jim Cook of Sam Adams fame. First off, he's a good guy. I yeah. know him. And, you know, anybody who's in the craft beer industry who doesn't pay homage to him, because he's the guy who blazed the trail. Hmm. I mean, he, he certainly wasn't perfect. But, like I said, you know, I, I know him well enough. That is a bitch who's going to die with his boots on. Hmm. I don't think he's ever going to retire. Were you watching him early on? Well, don't forget, I was, so I was one of his first customers because we had Sissons, which was the beer bar. So you had his beer. So when his product came out, you know, we were one of the first people in Baltimore City to, to sell it. Hmm. So I probably first met him 27, 28 years ago, maybe thereabouts, maybe earlier than that. Sounds about right. And you've met him. I have. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, he's the guy that blazed the trail for all of us. I'm the local guy. But he's the national guy. I mean, from a professional standpoint. Give credit where credit's due. Absolutely. That's good. Totally. That's solid. Yeah. Yeah. So on your website, it says, be fearless, be bold, be independent. Mm -hmm. This might be my last question. That's a great one to end on. But tell me more about that. Okay. So it's sort of the, uh, the metaphor for small business in general, which I'm a huge believer in, and it happens to apply to what we're trying to do with our, with our beer and our products. Yeah. So I've had the, the privilege on a number of occasions to be asked to go in and speak to business school students, whether they're grad students or undergraduate students, and, and I never studied business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I never took a formal business course in my life. I actually did a couple of, you know, one day here, one day things here, and one day things yeah. there. 
And so here I'm now talking to all these people who, that, you know, I mean, they're learning all this crap. Right. Uh, and the one thing that I have always told them is it's great that you're learning all this, but understand that the minute you walk down that plank and you step over the lip voluntarily, which is being goddamn bold, right? Uh, and you are plummeting towards the water, which is when you better be goddamn fearless. And if you survive it, now you are into goddamn pendant. That's the story. <laughs> that makes for a great radio ad. I love yeah. it. And I think that's sort of the, just the attitude of heavy seas, which is, is sort of the, the brand identity, that tagline we've kind of embodied over the last, I would say, at least 10 years. But because we've been around for almost three decades and from his stories that you've heard today, I mean, there's no rule book in life. I mean, yep. we have gone through so many challenges. Every day is a challenge. There's always mm -hmm. something. But like we just keep persevering and going forward. Yep. Because that's what we want. We, we are super passionate about what we do, our brand, and we're not afraid of the adventures. So right. there's a quote that has stuck with me since coming back to Heavy Seas. Calm waters has never made skilled sailors. Heavy mm. Seas makes for better stories anyways. And that's mm. what I think what we as Heavy Seas is all about. It's just we're embracing the adventure. We're not afraid to take risks. Terrified. Actually, but <laughs> yeah. but we still take them. But yeah, so yeah. that's kind of yeah. where that tagline came from: mm. is that notion of if heavy seas was a person, that is mm. is what we're about. No, that's really awesome because Hugh, you've made that environment possible. You know, you've talked about earlier. It's okay, if somebody fucks up. Yeah, like, it's okay. I do. You know, <laughs> boom. You'd be surprised how many business owners we talk to that say that's not okay. Yeah, and they don't Their create people that are terrified environment of making a mistake. Yeah. Um, you're gonna make the mistake. It's not the fact that you made the mistake. I mean, you don't want to. You don't want to make the same one <laughs> two or Twice. three times. Yeah, shame on me. But you're gonna make the mistake. Mm -hmm. So if yeah. it doesn't kill you, then you need to learn from it. So one of the things that back in the days on the TV commercials, it's time to make the donuts. So for me, it's you know it's time to go and slay the dragons. You know, right. good morning, mm. goodbye, dear, going <laughs> to slay the dragons because that's what it is. Yeah. Right. Has it gotten harder? as the years have gone on to take those risks? I feel like there's there's a spirit that's kind of traditionally in us when we're yeah, in our 20s and 30s. Yeah, that's actually a really good question because um, more is on the line um, the bigger you are. I, That is true. And obviously, you know, the bigger your enterprise becomes, the more you have to think through the risks. I mean, we've got 45 people on the mm -hmm. payroll. So one of the things that I preach all the time is I need to know what's going on, even if it's bad news. Because, you know, failure to tell me what's going on if you're in charge of this, that, or the other thing. If I'm making decisions in a vacuum, we're going to have a problem. So, yep. and, you know, we may have a problem if I make decisions with all the knowledge in the world. But, <laughs> but I think you become a little more deliberate is probably the right word. Hmm. Whereas when in this teeny tiny and, you, you know, you want to just take a flyer, you can take a flyer. Well, for us, taking a flyer is expensive. So, I mean, you got to buy packaging and you got to do all that stuff and you got designs, you've got minimum production runs and it's more challenging. Don't Probably way more thought out. We're not backing away from the challenge. Yes, yeah. good. That's not in my nature. I don't think that's in the nature of most of the people we got working here. So. Yeah. And that just shows how good of a leader you are, Huey, because for my business, I don't feel like anyone feels like they're being micromanaged. 
But when I'm digging into what they're doing, and I'm digging into what they're doing because I need to make decisions for right, the business. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. And I don't ever really hear your micromanager me. He runs my business, by the way. Okay. And he does a damn good job at it. But I don't think he would say, I know he wouldn't say, hey, you're micromanaging me. He's, mm-hmm. The goal is that they feel more honored that we're looking into things and that they feel the freedom to say, hey, I effed up or, hey, this isn't going well. Right. You know, those, those types of it, things. It's, or on um, a positive side of it, I have an idea. Yeah, like, I have an idea and that's because, not smushed. Yeah. 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 I mean, in an ideal environment, that's the way it works. The one thing that I've definitely learned over my 40 plus years of running small business is I'm not the great warm fuzzy. Mm-hmm. So I know that I need to make a deliberate effort to try to be more supportive in certain areas. Right. Uh, I mean, I always try to make sure that I'm listening. If yep. somebody wants to bring me an issue or an or, idea, uh, something, or an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm not the great warm fuzzy. That's why, you know, I just tell you up front, if you're looking for me to be, you know, out of boy, you know, go get a tiger in it 24 hours a day. No, I'm not your guy. So, <laughs> right. You know, what I hope to be is when the shit hits the fucking fan that you look at me as, OK, well, I think he's going to figure that out. So we're going to follow him. It's, That's probably more what I'm capable example. of. It's a little bit like a pirate captain, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All comes through fruition. Very good. Yeah. Cool. So I think that's a great place to end it. Yeah, um, thank you guys so much. Sure. Thanks for the opportunity. Pleasure. We always ask people it. how someone listening could stay connected to you. I mean, obviously they can come to the tap room. Yep. Yeah. Are you, yeah, so. is there an email? Yeah, or I mean, anything? our tap room is open Wednesdays through Sundays right now. On the weekdays, we're open from 3 to 10. On the weekends, it's 12 to 10, 12 to 8 on Sundays. So we are ready to come welcome anyone who wants to come by. Our social media pages, we're just at Heavy Seas Beer for most of the social channels. You can get a lot of information on our website, which is just heavyseasbeer.com and then we list all of our events and stuff or any upcoming beers that we might be releasing you know information about those products will be on our website too and we do have an email newsletter you can sign up for through our website and yeah i think um website's probably great too if you want to see what other events we're participating in so if you aren't local um you know check us out on our social or our website there might be a Mm. festival or an event nearby nearby you I don't know how you become officially considered Baltimore's or, or Maryland's beer, but I consider Heavy Seas Maryland's beer. So thank you. Thank you. It's really cool to be here with you guys. Thank oh, you. Thank it was you. fun. Appreciate yep. it. Thank you. Yeah.